0: See, but the cops is is? Yo, Primo, Profit, what up, baby? Beat out. Gotcha. The guns are dead, jerk for whiskey. I'm slinging swerve. Points off the line, dirt with the vice work. love, playing with fire, your skin Yo, what up, man? It's your boy
1: Elliot from Boston. You are listening to the EFB podcast. This is episode 17. Before we get into anything right now, I just want to give a quick shout-out to all the listeners. I'm out here looking at all the hits and, and where we're getting listens from. And right now, the podcast is getting a lot of love. Massachusetts is showing a lot of love, but Connecticut showing love. New York, Rhode Island, Florida, Virginia, North Carolina. Shout out to everybody that's listening in all these states. And we're going worldwide, man, because Australia is showing love, Denmark, Sweden. So big shout out to all the listeners of the EFB podcast. If you want to get at me, hit me on Twitter, Instagram, the EFB podcast. You can hit me on Snapchat. Elliot from BOS. You can get me on Facebook, Elliot Boston of the EFB podcast. But right now it's episode seventeen. And I got Corona Queens in the building. I got right. I got New York in the building. Uh Gab Gotcha. What up, baby?
0: What's good, Eve? What's popping, homie? Chilling,
1: man. Chilling, man. Yo, first and foremost, man. Uh thank you for uh for taking the time to to sit down and take some time out of your Saturday night to um to to talk with your boy, you know what I'm saying, because um, you know when I first got exposed to a gap gotcha it was through um through I call him my Colombian cousin Primo Prophet, you know what I'm saying, and, oh, and 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 some of the projects that y'all did together, and then when I started digging digging through through your um through your catalog, I'm like yo this this dude got bars specifically. You said one line that that Massachusetts show love to is like I'm the steal of the draft Tom Brady. You know what I'm saying? So we, uh, you know, that's a line that we all like. But um, yo, for for the people that don't know who Gab Gotcha is, you know, introduce yourself. Tell them who who's Gab Gotcha.
0: Gab Gotcha, born in New York City, raised in Queens, um, son of Colombian immigrants from Mother Jean Colombia basically been spitting since the late eighties
2: Okay.
0: and um, in the game for like 25 years. Plus I've seen all the phases of it to the point that it is now. Hip hop is what I am. I am hip hop, the culture, anything that embodies it. I consider myself a scholar. Then there's a street side of me. I'm considering myself an OG stuff that I've been through. Um, there's a lot to me. There's a lot of layers. We just got to, you know, dig through them slowly tonight. But there's a lot of layers to me. I've got is a complicated individual.
1: It's funny that you say um, you've seen all the phases because, I mean, you, you saw you you saw what I call the original hip-hop, you know, with the with the KRS-1s, the Slick Ricks, you know, and then you saw, you know, phase into the Biggies and the Jay-Zs and the DMXs. And there was a little rut there when then, you know, it became, it became really, you know, cash money heavy, and then, and, and, and the, the jaw rules, and it kind of went, you know, now I would say, um, you know, th- there's different elements to hip-hop, but at the same time, I think bars are back, you know what I mean, uh, you know, when you got the Kendrick Lamars, when you got the Schoolboy Qs, you got artists like that, you know what I mean, like, how would you, how would you say that the transition is gone from, from back to when you started spitting to now?
0: I mean, bars were, bars were definitely more prevalent when I started spitting. Okay. Um, it was really prevalent. And your street cred had to match, too. It wasn't like, um, I mean, I can't, I'm not, I don't take nothing away from the youth nowadays. I mean, they got their own swag, their own style. and um, But in my eyes, it deteriorated like it um it really got dumbed out okay you know what made it easy for anybody to rap like anybody could rap nowadays really think about it It ain't no complication to it you know you rap you basically don't need some people don't even rhyme no more they just (laughs) get on beats and just talk you know what i'm saying with a little cadence to it yeah like I said, I don't take nothing away from dudes that, you know what I'm saying, is getting their money, you know. Especially people that's out there grinding for real. You know what I mean? Like, um, but it deteriorated. It ain't the same. It ain't like I mean, come on. I'm I'm talking about like when even LL had bar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it was crazy. I remember when we were going through the shiny suit era with Puffy and Locks and all of them. They still had bars. Yep,
1: yep. You
0: know what I'm saying? And we were still laughing and shitting on them. Now it's like retarded, you know. <laughs> I don't get into it. I don't. I don't pull names or whatever because that's not my style. But it's just retarded. Like well, it's was, like I, really.
1: You won't say names. I say names, man. We got a young thug out here with wearing dresses and shit like that, talking about smoking dicks, man. You know what I mean? Like it's like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's crazy, man. Like I really, you know. I put myself around a lot of artists who really put um put the time into their craft. You know what I mean, and and um I'm glad that the people that I rock with aren't bitter individuals. You know what I'm saying? Because it's it's really easy to be bitter. It's really easy to say, "Yo, this dude's shining and I'm not." You know what I'm saying? Hey, fuck it. You just got to work harder. You know what I mean?
0: Nah, yeah, you gotta you gotta understand everything evolves. And yeah. you know I mean, if it evolves without you, then you got to find a way to get in without compromising your integrity of the way you rock. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to start rocking. I'm not going to start doing something that I haven't been doing just because I want to start acting like I'm 20 years old. I'm 43. Yeah. And I already got a set way of, of doing my thing. And that's the way I do my thing. Yeah. Once in a while, I may stray and do something different, but I'm not going to jump into Like, I'm not going to start mumbling all of a sudden. You know what I'm saying? And start sounding literate. I start making up words, you know, I'm not going to start doing that. You know, I'm just going to keep doing me. And I do it basically at my age. When, when MCs hit my age and you haven't really hit a plateau where you can say that this shit feeds you, you're basically doing it for the love. Mm-hmm. You're not, it comes to a point where you just got to understand that you're doing this for the love. You're not doing this no more that I'm trying to blow up that I'm trying to get radio play I don't be sending out shit to my I don't be sending my music out to blogs I don't be reaching out to people I just put my music out Yeah. put my music out for the fans that I have you know the fans that have been there from day one you know since 1993, 1992 you know with Triflex and everything else and I have enough fans that you know I got my own little distribution deal you know to DistroKid and I eat, you know, whatever. Like, I, you know, something will be there every end of the month.
2: Yeah.
0: I'm fine with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I get a gig, or show, I'm fine with that. If I get a tour, I'm fine with that. But I'm no longer putting all them eggs in that basket like I used to. Yeah. I've diversified. I've become a more um, polished individual as far as, like, finding other ways to get money, you know, not just illegally.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: working. You know, just doing the nine to five grind. You know what I mean?
1: So, so let's 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 jump let's jump to the beginning when True. um you know you know before it was Gap Gotcha before before it was you know the Wu Tang recording artist. Let's jump back to mm-hmm. the to the young boy who who put a paper to a pen and started writing. Um, and I like to ask this question to the artist. Um you know when when was your recollection of when you really put the paper to that pen and and when you really said to yourself like yo man I'm kind of nice
0: we used to um they used to be back in the 90s dj crews real like big everybody was the dj everybody was getting it the little crew together I mean, the three-letter crew thing was the street thing. You know, mm-hmm. we was running with three-letter crews, you know, doing the graft, beating people up, robbing people, you know, doing the whole thing. But then there was the music side of it. You got to understand, it was like wax. We were still buying records. Mm-hmm. You know, we was being impacted, public enemy. Um, Big Daddy Kane just impacted with this music. And I remember that we used to always have instrumentals. And I used to have my man spin the instrumentals in the basement. And we I used to freestyle. We used to freestyle. And I was nice. I was freestyling. I was nice. And then my man was like, yo, you know, you should, um, you should take it serious. Start writing some shit. But I wasn't really motivated because... I lived you know, I lived another life too. Like I said, I'm you know, I'm a son of Colombians and my father was a trapper, not even gonna disguise it. Mm-hmm. So like I was captivated by that life too. Yeah. So I was always hustling. I was always running around trying to get some money. And it was like rap, you know, like Biggie said, rap was secondary, money was necess- money was necessary, mm-hmm. you know. So I never took it serious until I grabbed, left high school. got kicked out of high school. And I went to get my GED at a place called I'm called Youth. That's in Corona. And there I met this kid, Sadiq, otherwise known as Creature. Otherwise, you know, now he's Rebelmatic. And he introduced me to his boy, Buck. Buck La, white kid. So, this is, the, this is the early 90s, you know, like, these dudes ain't, when I met these dudes, they were, like, still borderline, not even wanting to do hip-hop. They wanted to do, like, punk rock, some crazy shit, but they had bar. Yeah. And I was on some real, like, flowing shit. So we ended up just getting together and just starting to write rhymes and write songs. And, you know, Juju and Psycho Less, they from my hood, the Beat Nuts. And people started to hear about us. You know, we would go to the city, we'd jump to West Forth, jump in ciphers. We was always looking a battle. We was always going to the seminars. You know, we was out there, we was grinding. And um, eventually, you know, we, we caught the ear of the beat nuts. And they decided to give us a listen. Behind them giving us a listen we caught a rec- we caught a record deal with this record label called Fourth and Broadway Island Records. At the time, Fourth and Broadway, they had signed the Grave Diggers. Um, Mob Deep had just left, but they had dropped Juvenile Hell. Juvenile Hell is the first Mob Deep album for y'all. To, for those for those for, for, for those who don't know, yeah,
1: yeah, classic Be- album,
0: classic album. It's like re- it's before Shook Ones Part Two. Yeah, so they had just left. So we kind of took their place. Okay. But we had like a crazy A&R, just stereotype, just AR. A&R. Mount Clamo plays an electric guitar, you know, one of them dudes.
2: Yeah.
0: And, you know, they signed you, you know, they they used to do the sign you to a, a single deal, give you a few thousand dollars. Oh, we don't like that record, let's we'll do another one, but they don't want to pay you for the next one. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, uh, so whatever, we ended up doing that, but we ended up getting signed. We got signed when we were 16 years old. And we just, like I said, we just started grinding. But at the same time, Gab Gotcha was also in the street, you know, getting money, taking trips abroad, you know, going to Columbia, coming back, getting connected, plugging in, getting deep in the game making a good make making a making a good bag making a real good bag like at eighteen, I was making a decent bag you know what I mean like when I say decent, five figures
1: so so how how hard was it to um to balance that money life and the rap life because you know it you know a lot of people don't understand you know the artist's point of view. Where the artist does, you know, ninety percent of their own promo. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times for the artists, is it's more of a bill than it is than it is a a money making uh, enterprise. You know what I'm saying? So you out here getting that bag, um, but also chasing a dream at the same time. So how hard was it to kind of balance both?
0: Super hard. I mean, obviously, I didn't I didn't do a good job. I failed. Obviously, because if I would have been able to balance it, I would have been able to get out of the game in time to not get incarcerated. But we'll step into that in a second. Yeah, it's real hard because I have Creature and Buck on the left of me, sort of like the angel. You know, like, yo, come on, music, shit, be nice. Come on, we gotta keep grinding, we gotta keep pushing. But then I have my connects, my plugs on my right the devil yo we gotta meet these deadlines we gotta go see these people and you know like I said if I would've went more to the left and I would've did more music chances are that by this point in juncture of my life if I wouldn't have got incarcerated I would've been on you would've been heard of me I would've been a lot bigger I can say I can safely say I wasn't as nice as pun don't get me wrong I'll never be able to say that but I was as nice as any other dude, you know, that was out there at the time. Fat Joe, you know, I was as nice as all of them. And we was coming out. This was the time when I got, when, when I got caught up in my conspiracy, Off the Books was coming out. It was, it was going to be my time to shine because I was going to jump on that whole train and they were going to push me. Just like the way Fat Joe pushed pun, they were going to push me.
1: So let's let's talk about that. You formed Triflix. Um mm-hmm. you started working with the Beat Nuts. We you know, I seen you in the uh, in the Hit Me With That video, uh, mm-hmm. a young gap gotcha. You, and then they put mm-hmm. you on the Stone Crazy album on the Bless the MIC joint. Um yeah. it's it's funny because I always look at um I look at artists, let's talk about like 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 compare it to like the Ready to Die album. So on Ready to Die, Ready to Die had no features. Had mm-hmm. one feature, Metham Man. So to me, to me, that, that tells me what Biggie thought of the Man. You know what I'm saying? It's like It's like Biggie knows he's one of the greatest rappers of all time, and I'm going to have Meth on this album with me. You know what I'm saying? So how much pressure was there for you to perform given that you was also on a project that featured Big Punt? You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know these these the beat nuts are legendary producers who have obviously a good ear uh, for yeah. talent, and they they got Big Pun on a the record, they got Cuban Link on a the record, they also mm-hmm. got Gab Gotch on a record. So that says a lot about you too. You know what I'm saying? How much mm-hmm. pressure was there to kind of step to that level? And at that time, were when you when you heard a pun, where was the perception there that he was going to be one of the greatest of all time or, or was that something more of, 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 of his past and that gave him that Monica?
0: Nah, when I first heard pun, I was like, the first thing that came to my mind was damn, he sounds like cool G rat, mm. but he was nice. Yeah. He didn't have the lisp, which you know, not uh, the god cool G Rap to me, he's a legend. I met him, he's a great guy, you know. And, um, but he had that list. And I believe that as nice as G Rap was, I want to say that it hindered him a little bit.
2: Mm.
0: Pun didn't have that. And Pun just had a crazy, ill cadence and lyrically. I knew from the gate that he was a monster. When I first heard him spit, I was like, "Damn!" Because I thought I was nice. <laughs>
1: so it's you like, it's I mean? it's like so, so pun humbled you.
0: <laughs> yeah, he humbled the shit out of me. But it was no pressure because, I, like I said, I never, I never was like, I never was competitive in that way either. I was never like the type of dude that I always knew that I brought something to the table.
2: Yeah.
0: That no matter who, how nice you were. I was going to bring something to the table. I wasn't going to be that dude that was going to be like, oh, yeah, Nah, niggas was going to be like, damn, he's not as nice as that nigga, but damn, he's nasty. Yeah. In other words, like, I knew that I brought something to the table. Like, but I mean, I wasn't trying to compete with pun. That would be, you know, that would have been ridiculous. I wouldn't, you know, that wasn't even. In other words, he spit differently. And just the way he spit carried him because he spit to a cadence that. I wouldn't want to do. Mm. Like, I wouldn't want to do multi-syllable cadences the way he did. Because it's hard to perform that shit. Yeah. If you see Punk perform live, you'll understand that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's hard to perform that shit. So, I, you know, like, there's a, lot to go, there's a lot that goes with being an MC. It's not just about hot bars. and It's about how you construct your bars looking to a show. You know, but let's not get into the mechanics of hip hop, because that's not the question. No pressure. It was no pressure. It was, I was, matter of fact, when I did bless the mic, I hadn't even heard off the books yet. Mm-hmm. You know, we when we did all, I heard all the beats. I heard all the beats. Like I like I, I have a tape to this day right now that I know I have it somewhere. Like a TDK tape. One of them remember the metal tapes? Yeah. With beats on it that he gave the Pun for the first album, for Capital Punishment.
1: This is Juju?
0: Juju, yeah. Beware, I had Beware. Like I had all the beats, and I would spit to them beats. I would practice to them beats. But then, you know, after I heard fucking what Pun did to Beware, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> come on. You know what I'm saying? Like, this shit is ridiculous. Pun was one of the greatest of all time, man. I, I have a theory, and I tell people this, like, hip-hop, if if we as New Yorkers, you know, because New Yorkers take pride in saying that hip-hop started here, and um, it obviously not going to finish here, because it's obviously everywhere else, but we lost some ill, like, Toulouse pun, big, big L, um, Chinks, um, my man damn the other kid from Rockaway what's his name um forget his name man god bless his soul uh, was
1: uh, stack bundles um,
0: stacks yo these were like huge you know when 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 freaky Ty passed away mm-hmm. and the lost boys fell off in other words we we lost a lot we lost like ships that were definitely shifting the current our way. Yeah. When we lost all that, New York lost a big piece of hip-hop. Yeah. And like the youth, like today's youth in New York, they don't, you know, they don't look back on these dudes. They don't, some of the youth that spits in New York don't even know who these dudes are.
1: It's tough because for for for, for a lot of the youth nowadays, for them to really embrace the culture, they got to go back and do homework. and And it's, it's it's a lot of a lot of these kids nowadays, and and I you know I say kids, I'm 30 years old, um, but a, a lot of you know I'm I'm definitely not old, but some of these dudes that are spitting are 19, 20, 21 years old. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, these dudes are growing up with on Ja Rule. They ain't growing up on on reasonable doubt. They they ain't, they don't remember. They don't remember the the ether versus the blueprint. You know what I'm saying? They was they was babies uh, at that time. You know what I'm saying?
0: dudes was growing up on Little Wayne and Gucci.
1: Yeah, I got you one. Know, of, like one one of my man's is 24 years old. I asked him for his top five dead or alive, and he's like Gucci. Um, yeah, Gucci's up there. I'm like, just stop right there, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just,
0: yeah, man. Like, dudes don't, don't even know Scarface is. Nah. Uh-huh. But, um... I mean, but whatever, like it's like, again, like if I, I know, like I told my man one day, I said, you know what? I would do my part. I would, I would do webinars just on hip hop history,
2: mm.
0: you know, just like, just whoever want to listen to them. Just like we'll start it. We'll take, we'll go through decades of hip hop, take start from the eighties and work our way up, you know, go through the golden era. Mm. And then like, I can I can create a table where I can show you the I can show you how the bars were prevalent, and then I can show you how it fell off and became mediocracy.
2: yeah
0: became mediocre. It was cool. Now it's cool to be mediocre. it's like it's, 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 it's welcome. you know they don't understand how these industry people that control the industry. They laugh at us from behind the, the, you know, from behind the stage. They laugh. They laugh at these kids wearing dresses, making fools of themselves. Now, back in the days, okay, we glorified violence and selling drugs. You know, maybe that's what we live. But nowadays, these kids glorify being drug addicts. Yeah. They glorify being the fiend. Yeah. Yeah. That we serve. So it's funny to me, like you know, you over here like you you walking around with a white paper cup, drinking promethazine or whatever the fuck it is, popping perks, sounding retarded at freestyle. You know, like like there was the kid little 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 boat. I see little boat. You know what I'm saying? I'm putting hands on him. That's on demand. That's on deck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you know he don't got no right to disrespect our culture.
2: Yeah,
1: it's um, it's it's uh, it's unfortunate. Um, especially when when people you know got the audacity to sit there and say, yeah, Biggie's not the greatest of all time, and and sit here. Not and- even
0: that. It's just like saying dumb, disrespectful shit. I understand if you don't think Biggie's the greatest of all time, that's fine. But don't be ta- You know, don't be talking about he's whack and all you old niggas is whack and all this and that. Yeah. And we rock stars. We don't got to rap. Yo, I mean, you know, like you get. I, I don't get. I don't got no problem with nobody getting their money. however which way they want to get it, but don't disrespect the coach. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because one you, day you gonna find yourself in a situation where the coach is gonna disrespect you.
1: Yeah. Now, you know that whole wave. You know the Beat Nuts, You know Punt Joe Terra Squad was 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 kind of forming at the time. Like you said, you know, you was you was part of that whole wave. Um, mm-hmm. At that point, you started working on a solo joint with with Hydra, correct? Yes, um, sir. And you dropped that that single was it Angels. A- a- am I a- am I correct <laughs> on that? Um, yeah, well, it
0: was Angels, but Angels,
1: Angels. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But, um, but Angels,
0: correct though. That's what they spelt it on. That's what the print said. Angels.
1: <laughs> so, so they. So to take us through that 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 time when you started working on that solo project
0: so what happened was my co-partners after we got after we got after we got we eventually ended up leaving um fourth and broadway because we didn't want to do another we didn't want to do another record mm. for free, which in hindsight you know my partners you know i mean i don't know i'm not gonna say they were wrong I'm not going to say that we were right, but I think we should have did another record. We even had another record done already. But for some reason or whatever, we ended up not fucking with them. And then, like, my man Buck, my man Buck is, like, to this day, I haven't haven't spoken to him in years, actually, but he loses passion for shit real fast. Mm. He's a real passion. He really gets into shit quick, and then he just, like, falls out of love with it quick. Okay. So he was like the first one to really start to like lose a little bit of love for the game. He didn't really end it. he didn't really want to fuck with niggas. He thought, you know, he when we first started, it was all about the music. But like I said, I was always about money too. So when it started becoming you know, when it started becoming a money thing or whatever, and we started to just like Hamper our style. Dudes decided to like just not fuck with it anymore. So we disbanded. Creature kept doing his thing, obviously. You know, Creature's one of the greatest. Like, Creature's like I could speak volumes about Creature. He's he's still he's 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 evolved into a into a, he has his own band. I mean, but that's another thing. You got we got to get Creature on your podcast too. He's a whole different story. He's crazy. But um, I ended up having an opportunity to fuck with an independent label called Hydra. And um, that was my man, Jerry Familari's label. So Jerry was tight with my manager, JB. God bless the dead. And um, I was getting paper. And we was like, yo... Let's just buy the label out. Wow. Power Energy. move. Yeah, we was gonna buy the label. We was gonna give them five figures and some chain. And we was just gonna have our own independence. This was when like um were just starting to birth out. Like, um, I think rockets were just starting to birth out. Um but we were you know, we had them um, screwball. It was us. It was me, Trum, Gab, Gotch. I had the beat that's backing, you know. So Juju gave me this dope beat. And I did Angle, which is pretty much describing what I was doing at the time. It scared money, make done. My Benjamin, stay brave. When it comes to bread, I cover the spread like mayonnaise. You know, yeah. I was just... You know, I was just talking about what I was doing and it had that freedom to do it without having to worry about, you know what I'm saying? Well, my partners thought, nah, but we we shouldn't be spitting about money. It's about lyricism and it's about this and that. But I was, uh, you know, I wanted to be lyrical and I wanted to spit about my, you know, about my, the things that I've accomplished. Street wise and music wise. So that's what Angles was, um, and it became uh, it became a cult classic. It sold sold a few thousand records, you know, but I never saw a dime of that shit because obviously when I got locked, you know, when you got locked up, all the, you know, everything goes out the window.
2: Yeah.
0: But, but yeah, no, Angles was a dope record. Then on the other side it was On The Job. And um, we had music lined up. It was already starting to bubble up. The Beatnuts were already working on Stone Crazy. The Beatnuts were about to blow up Crazy, which they did, you know. And um, then came the Feds. Knock knock.
1: <laughs> and and shortly after that is when 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 you took that bid, correct?
0: Yes, sir. April
1: 19, 1997. So, so, so take, mm-hmm. yeah, take us through that. You know what I mean? Cause, um, you know, like you said, you was riding that wave. Um, you was definitely well connected, you know, cause to me, the beat nuts is nothing to sneeze at. You know what I mean? I think the beat nuts is, is one of the greatest producers, producer groups of all time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. um, you know, they, they embody New York. They embody that era. Um, you know, they went commercial without selling out, in my opinion, you know what I'm saying? So, so, um, you know, you was in that whole wave. And then, like you said, the feds come, you know, take us through that.
0: So April 9th, April ninth came, um, I was already knee deep in the conspiracy. Like I already had dudes getting locked up around me that I knew with already, like, the premonitions of people telling on me. And, you know, I was already starting to get that vibe. Like, um... And it was fucked up because, like I said, it was at a time when everything was just starting to blow up. We were reaching a cusp, crest. Musically, I was, you know, still hitting hard. Lyrics was flowing. My flow was getting better. My freestyle was on point. You know, my look was on point. Um, I had the money you know and um, then on April 9th I got out of bed I went to go make a move I went to go see somebody to go you know serve somebody and right when I got out of my crib the feds were out there waiting they stopped me while I was driving down the block they ran up in my crib snatched me up they snatched up my mom you know and they locked us up They locked up my mom's on a bullshit phone count. The feds are dirty. You know, if anybody's ever had a federal bid, you know that conspiracy is a wide net. And people that you don't even suspect and get swept into it, get swept into it. My mom's got caught up into it because she transmitted a message from one of the phone calls that I got while I wasn't home. And they trapped her off on that and she ended up having to cop out for two years. Part of my plea agreement was her copping out to two years and me copping out to ten. Damn. And they used her basically as bait for me to rap on my connects. But, you know, my father was a stand-up dude. My father did a couple bids himself. And one thing we were, we were stand-up. You know, we wasn't a rat. Never was, never will be. So me and my moms took it on the chin. One of the most powerful pains that you can ever feel in your life, seeing your mother in shackles, knowing that she had nothing to do with nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's some scars that can never really heal. The only thing that I can do now is sit back and think of, you know, what it made me. Whatever, you know, what they say, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And it made me strong in the sense of, like, you know, I know what pain is. It's hard for you to really hurt me. It's hard for people to really hurt me. Like, like I know what pain is. I know what sacrifice is you know, having a look across and knowing that your mother's copping out to some shit she didn't really do or having a crap, seeing her cop out to something she doesn't even understand because she's holding you down. I told her, I said, mom, you could tell on me. I even told her, I said, listen, I'll tell you all the information. All you have to do is sit on the stand and she wouldn't do it. Damn. You understand what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, man, like, like, the, it's crazy because you know you say like, you know the the pain of seeing a parent you know doing a bit for you or whatever or or you know being being a part of that, and like, you know I I've seen family you know in hospital beds I've seen family um, you know on the brink of death, you know but it's like that to me that's that that that's a part of life you know what I'm saying that doesn't even compare to to what you just described as far as, as the feds coming in and sweeping her into that too, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, nah, I didn't, it was something unexpected. Like, I knew, I I mean, I knew what my life could carry. You know, like, you know, before me getting locked up, I had guns pointed at me, you know what I'm saying? I had a gun in my mouth for somebody thinking I was somebody else, you know. You know, I've, I've been in situations like walking through Dykeman and Washington Heights with 40 racks in a paper bag because my car broke down on Broadway. I brought, you know, in like a 3 in the morning type shit with a 38 with three slugs in it. You know, crazy shit.
2: Yeah.
0: Stories, you know, plus stories and shit that I've been through, you know, almost getting kidnapped twice. But nothing, nothing compares to like, you know, having a fucking... See your mom's in the lawyer visit, shackled up. You know, having a wipe of tears because, you know, fuck it and she can't even. You know, it was just crazy. Like them three years that I spent waiting for her to leave prison were the longest three years of my life. And believe it or not, after she after when she got home, like my bed flew by. Like the rest of it was like, like a zip. Yeah. But the first three were the longest ones because every day I was worried about her. I mean, I knew she was a good woman and I knew that they would never hurt her. You know, I knew that my brother would hold her down. He held us down. My brother Scarborough, God bless him. He's, he's like my rock. You know, it's just me and him It's my younger brother. He's actually, if like you look at all my YouTube videos, he's the one that does all the videos. He records all my music. He's like the most talented dude on the planet. That's my engineer, my videographer, everything. If he was here I would I would actually have him say something but he's actually with his girl okay but um but he held us down you know what I'm saying like I left some bread behind that held him down but he was basically homeless I mean think about it pop G my pop my father had passed away four years prior to me getting locked up yeah so it was me my mom's and Steven. Scarborough and when not when me and me and her got locked up he was by himself So he had to fend for himself, but he didn't trap. He stayed focused. He went to school. He got a degree, you know, and now he's a a supervisor at a major company. He's he's the embodiment of a man, and um, he's one of the reasons that I'm even still alive because, like, I'm telling you, there's some pains that'll kill you, some pains that scar so deep that they'll never heal, and if you don't have somebody there to remind you of all the good that life has to offer, it's easy for you to slip. And I slipped a couple of times. If it wasn't for him, I would have been in a casket.
1: So what was what was that time incarcerated like? Like you, you, you described it, you know, as as the first three years um was excruciatingly slow. You know what I mean? What mm-hmm. was what was um what was the rest of your time like? Because um, I know I, I I know you met some people in there, you know what I mean? And 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 you uh you know, you was able to to mingle with, with 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 a lot of powerful individuals. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: dog. Um, you know, as far as the bid itself, the bid itself was smooth. I would say um, I've never gotten to a fight or a scuffle. I got into a couple of arguments, and I was playing football. Um, like I had dude. I seen dudes getting ripped left and right, you know. But um, never gotten to no gang shit. Obviously, I'm never. I respect all unifications and organizations, but I don't believe in joining nothing. You know, I believe that your own, you're your own man, and you're your own army. You know what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, if it's only you, you only got to worry about yourself. Um, but like I said, I respect all the organizations. But the bid was smooth. I met a lot of dudes, man. I met a lot. I met a lot of OGs. I met, you know, from the acting boss of the Gabino crime family, John Gotti Jr., Pretty Tone, who was one of the biggest drug, you know, one of the biggest dope boys in Queens history. Yeah. Um, Diamond, who actually is funny. I told my man Primo, "You ever seen that movie? Um, man, what's the movie about the dudes from?" Queens that go to Boston to get money at Roxbury, and there's an undercover cop with LL Cool J, M2B, I think it's called.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think so. I know what you're talking about. I can't. I can't think of the the movie at the top of my head. But um,
0: I was one of them dudes. I was actually getting money at Roxbury that they made the movie about. Um, the bid was smooth. You know what I mean? Like I did a lot of writing. I you know I created music rooms. I created forums for people to be able to rap. I created soccer programs. Like, I did a lot of creating things. Like I've always been, t- I've always been a leader. Like type, I've always been the type. I don't really like to follow. I like to set my own things in motion. So you know, like I organized my Colombian people in prison. You know what I mean? I made sure that, you know, I'm not going to say that I made sure nobody got extorted, nobody got played or whatever, but. I had a few friends that were plugged in. Some of my best friends were Bloods. Some friends was Kings. Had a couple In other words, I was plugged into a lot of shit. Yeah. Some of was Mexicans. So, like, you know, if I if, if it ever came to some crazy shit that had to be done, I could have it done. Like, niggas had love for me. You know what I mean? Because niggas do exactly what I've been through. When you meet somebody that's actually sacrificed the way I sacrificed, you have no option but to respect
2: it. Yeah.
0: You understand? Like, you know, I had I had I had killers tell me, like, damn, son. I think I would have told nigga, I couldn't see my mom's like though. You know, I'm like, yo, my G, that's the sacrifice.
1: And that's and that's a hard decision to make, you know what I mean? Like everybody Everybody will sit here and say, you know, stop snitching, don't snitch, ain't nobody going to say nothing, you know what I mean? But them them people probably never been in a position when when they seen their moms in shackles, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times when people catch these bids, you know, it's, it's, it's a few homies that catch them, you know what I mean? And and there's two or three dudes or something that you know, and, and, and they take them on the chin. But for your mom to be swept up, you know what I'm saying, and... and that, that's a hard that's that's hard decision to make, man. You know what I mean? And and like you said, ain't, ain't ain't nothing but you can do but respect that. You know what I mean?
0: That shit carried me throughout my whole bed. Like it made me meet everybody that knew my story. Came up to me. Oh, you got you a kid from Queens and mom's locked up. Damn, son. It was shit like that. Like they would come up to me. Yeah. OGs like um, generals, blood generals. Coming up to like, your son. I, I remember one day, I caught, a, I, caught a, I caught a charge while I was locked up. Because I used to work in the visiting room. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? Let's just say that somebody dropped a package. I picked it up. And I got caught coming in. So I ended up going to the hole for like 90 days. And, you know, I kept getting transfers from the state. Coming into my room. So you know, dudes coming coming from the state come in a lot more hyper than dudes in the feds, because in the state is more wild. Feds mm. is mm. a little more laid back. How can I put it? The feds is where the bosses go. So wherever the bosses go, it's gonna be more organization, more control, more discipline. Cause there's gonna be enough bosses to control soldiers. The state is where all the soldiers go.
2: Yeah.
0: So there's no real organization or control, it's just gang. So there's a lot more thieving, there's a lot more robbing, there's a lot more get that nigga. You know, and the feds ain't like that. So when dudes come in from the state, they come in with that mentality. But I would do I had dudes coming in from the state that heard of me. And not even not because I was busting my gun or nothing like that, but just heard my story, like, oh, all right. you that kid that that his mom is, you know what I'm saying? That he, he took the bit for your mom's and mom took the bit for you. He, yeah, I respect that. Yo, you know, dudes asking me who's blood, who's king. I'm like, yo, my G, I don't I don't get involved with colors and flags, man. Yeah. I'm just,
2: yeah.
0: I'm just here smoking my bud, relaxing.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so you you was you was you was locked up, still puffing it down?
0: Hell yeah, man. <laughs> getting pats, all types of shit. <laughs> having police watching all having the COs watching the door, Yeah. Nah, some, some of it was cool. Some of it, I mean, I hate to, I hate, sometimes I hate even reflecting on it in a positive way because at the end of the day, it's just lost time. Like, it really fucked me up. Like, it, them seven and a half years, like, literally crushed my career. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it could have been a lot worse, my G. Yeah. From what it was. Like, I met friends that I still have to this day, um, I met great individuals, dudes that taught me shit. I learned so much. I became a man in prison, like literally like a thinking man, like a strategic man, you know, and I came home focused, you know, I came home focused. We can get to that part. The bid, like I said, the bid was cool, did a lot of writing, lost a lot of weight, lifted a lot of weight. I was, you know, I was like at 215, 220, it. You know, the whole shit. But then, of course, playing, I was always active playing football. I loved playing sports. It was either football or soccer. And one day playing football, I broke my shoulder. Damn. So for the last two years of my bed, I was basically not doing shit. So I ended up gaining weight again, getting lazy, but whatever. Came home focused Um 2004. That's when I touched down again. My brother, while I was um, while I was locked up for the last two years, without me knowing, he was saving his money and he was buying the equipment. When I came home, he had a setup. He had a studio set up already for me. He had the mic. He had the he had the um, he had the compressor. He had the speakers, and he had producers lined up. He already had dudes come to the crib to give me beats. And
1: we started working. I had tons of rhyme. Uh,
2: tons. So
1: when, um, obviously you know you just said that the that the incarceration did not affect your your writing because I mean you said you you was, you know, mm-hmm. in prison with uh with you know writing a lot, being productive with the time that you had that that you was locked up with. Um, yeah. When you when you went to when when you went to prison ninety seven. Mm-hmm. The number one record on the billboard, number one hip-hop record on the billboard was I'll Be Missing You by uh, by Bad Boy with Puffy. You know, so it kind of mm-hmm. exemplifies that era. You know what I mean? When you came back,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Gold Digger by Kanye West was the number one record on the billboards. How was it adjusting to the the total 180 in music mm-hmm. that you came home to? Because... Mm-hmm. You know, one second you got, you know, when you go in, you know, you got, you know, it, it's it's the end of the shiny suit era. The locks is getting out a bad boy, um, but it's Biggie, um, you know, it's um, not ready to die. But uh, the album with um, the album with R. Kelly and Bone Thugs, the double disc, I'm I'm I feel. Oh, um, uh, um after.
0: Um, Life after, Life, after death. Death.
1: Life after death. I feel so disrespectful by having that slip in my mind, but um, um, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, then that when you when, when when you when you get out, you know, you got polos and backpacks and and Kanye's. You know what I mean? How was it adjusting back to that? Because like you said, you came home to a studio, but you didn't come home to the same music that you went into. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: but I came home to producers that were still rocking with the same shit that we was doing okay now if you listen to united states versus gab gotcha um i still adapted to like um yeah i mean when i came home i felt so understand this there was a time when i didn't listen to hip-hop at all okay well there were there were there were prisons where i couldn't get hip-hop so i was just not listening to hip-hop at all I was watching videos and like I was getting little pieces but I knew that hip hop wasn't just New York anymore. And I knew that there was a flux of the South coming in. Mm. I
2: knew
0: that New York I knew that hip hop wasn't dominated by the East and the West anymore. And I knew that you know that there was down South dudes coming in rhyming and different. Um, I mean there was down South dudes before I got locked up. Yeah. Outcats was always out. Um, what's the name of them dudes? Who's that looking at my window? Damn, I forgot them dudes' names.
1: But I mean, A Ball and MJG was re- was relevant. You know, when when you went in, you know, Outcast, Car-finks, Dungeon Family,
0: Scarface, um, and them. Yeah. um, yeah. So, but I, but then there was the Miami and Atlanta invasion.
1: Oh, uh, with the with the Trick Daddies and and with the with the JDs and all that.
0: When I, you know, but there was, but there was, there, were, there was great music being made. There was great production being made. Yeah, I came home to great production. Just Blaze, Kanye, um, Swiss was rock getting crazy with it. Um, so production hadn't lost its, you know, we we still had Boom bat. It, it had evolved a little bit, but it was still Boom bat. you know, and. I could evolve, I could spit to whatever beat that I want to spit to. You know, so it wasn't a problem. Like I fell in love with Jeezy when I came home. Okay. Like I thought young Jeezy, I, I still think young is one of the best. You know what I'm saying? Like I I, lo- I love his shit.
1: Yeah, I really like young Jeezy too.
0: You know, I fucks with him more than I fucks with fucking Gucci all day. Like I can't even there's no there's not even an argument for me. Yeah. Jeezy's way better than G than, than Gucci. But, you know, they both gangsters. I respect both their gangsters, you know what I mean? Like, they both definite gangsters. Like, just because I don't fuck with Gucci's music don't mean I won't shake his hand. He a G, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I mean, um,
1: he, he did his bit like a G. He lost his gut and everything while he was locked up, you know what I mean? So.
0: Yeah, he did his bit, you know what I'm saying? Like, Kim did her bit, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Grammy did her bit. Right now... I'm enthralled with this whole Remy Nicky shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, you know, I'm, 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 I'm hearing how it's funny how there's dudes taking it back to burrow beef. Oh, but why y'all niggas surprised? You know, the Bronx always got on The Bronx always gets out on Queens. And I'm like, yo, don't <laughs> take it there, man. Come on, please.
1: It's funny because, um, shout out to my man, easy money, uh, from ST The squad out here in, in Massachusetts. But, um, I was, I went on Twitter today and, um, you know, I, I'm always trying to play devil devil's advocate. You know what I'm saying? And um, you know, when I heard of the numbers that that Joe and Remy's Plato O Plomo did, um,
0: I was well, like, they,
1: like, I think they only sold like seven thousand records.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, that's to be expected.
1: Nah, <laughs> it, it, and but you know, the the album debuts, you know, close to the fifties on the billboards. You know what I'm saying? Like it. it, it you know the the reception wasn't wasn't good, and um, you know I it had one of the biggest records of the past year on the album with the all the way up joint, yeah. And and the reception to the album, you know, was was not taken well. So my my thinking was, okay, so the album sales wasn't good, the album wasn't received well. So here's the disc he now here's some buzz around Remy and some buzz around around this album. And and my man Easy, you know, hit me up and he was like, "Yo, that's that's what it is, you know. Sometimes this shit's kind of WWE test, you know, type shit, you know what I mean?" Yeah. So, I'm I'm just anticipating to see what Nikki's response is going to be cuz I I do think Nikki got bars when she wants to have bars. I think Nikki's more of an entertainer. I think Nikki's yeah. more of a personality. I think Remy's the, the the pure spitter, you know what I mean. Um, yeah. But but I, I'm I'm interested to see where this is gonna go because um it's been it's been a long time since we've had a, a a female battle where where both females have bars, you know what I mean?
0: Exactly. I mean, like I see it like um just the way you just said it. Remy's the pure spitter. Nikki's the entertainer, but Nikki got bars. Like, yeah. Niggas can't. You know, can't sleep on Nikki, I, and I'm and I'm sure she's not gonna play. She's not gonna do a Meek Mill's Drake. You know, she's not gonna do. She's not gonna do one of those. I'm anticipating her coming back crazy. But, she's gonna do a little bit of homework, just like Remy did. You know what I'm saying? Blossom some dirt because it's gonna be dirt on Remy. It's not oh just, yeah. You know? So you know, I'm just waiting for the response. And the thing is that I'll be honest with you. I heard you know the the and she barely on beat, you know what I'm saying? Like, and she sound monotone. Like she sound like, like she was reading that shit off the fucking phone while she was spitting it.
1: I was, yo, so, to, be, to be honest, I wasn't that impressed, man. I mean, me she, she 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 came she came she came at her, you know. And, and I think the the a lot
0: of sucking dick bars, you know what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: yeah. The the biggest um. What she did was she gave the internet fuel to go crazy today. You know what I mean? Because the memes was going crazy today. I mean, I was reading, I was reading Twitter, and it was like, "Yo, Meek taught Nikki how to catch these L's, and and you know these L's are sexually transmitted and shit." You know what I'm saying? Like, so from a from a comedy standpoint, it was it was funny. You know what I mean? But. I didn't think the joint was all that crazy, to be honest with you. You know, what I mean, I thought, I thought, I thought the the big, the best thing about the joint was how direct she was. It wasn't no subliminal diss, you know. what I'm saying she came out her direct. She swung, yeah. she swung first, you know. But just the quality of the music, I was. You know, it, was it was all right. Yeah. You know?
0: Like I'm expecting the quality of Nicki shit to be a lot better, but I'm also expecting the, I'm also expecting her to to I'm I'm expecting her to air out. Like I, I think that Nikki Nikki got bars and Nikki got more flow structure. Nikki sounds better. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like when she wants to. If she comes out with that bubble gum shit, yeah, then forget it, it's a rap, But if she comes hard like she used to come like you would listen to Nikki eight years ago, seven, nine years ago, Nikki was killing shit yeah. on the releases. The warning joint you know, the warning joint is crazy.
1: Yeah, I seen, I seen you posted that on your Twitter. I was peeping yeah,
0: that. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? that Shit like that. She comes with that type of shit, she'll, you know, she'll shine. But if she comes with the bubble gum shit, changing her voice... But, I mean, it's entertainment. Like you said, Like, I believe that you're right in that aspect. I think that it is to build up some type of shine for Remy because I believe at the time that Jay-Z got a Nas, I think it was to build up... A, 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 I mean, it's not like Nas needed shine, but... Jay Z is who he is. Yeah, Jay Z's a you know Jay Z's like half a billionaire.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean Nas is a millionaire, but Jay Z is like you know basically he can call himself the king of New York if he wanted to. Yeah, but um, yeah, it ain't gonna be the same as when 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 I know I knew when Jay Z dropped that this shit on Nas, I knew that Nas was gonna buy him. Too. And I mean I'm not saying that Ether did. But if that's that's closest to a body you ever gonna get to Jay Z,
1: that was the when I when I think back to the Blueprint Ether, mm-hmm. I, I I look at it as um as almost like like one of those uh, Muhammad Ali Joe Frazier fights where it was just blow for blow, uh, just, yeah, just 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 pure power. You know, where where each guy at the end is deserving of a victory. You know what I'm saying? And, and just one person was just a little bit better than the other. You know, I'm, you know, I'm biased because cause, you know, if Jay Z walked into my house right now, I let him take whatever he wants. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm just I'm just that big of a Jay fan. Um, that that blueprint to me was he. He came hard, he came first he came direct and he was you know, he was so so dirty with it with the you know, how he roped, you know, mob deep into it with the, you know, with the pictures of Prodigy and shit like that, you know what I'm saying like Jay was just a savage with it, you know what I mean um, and then but, but Ether was the, the best response in a diss I think I've ever heard you know what I'm saying, because Ether came back just so hard and the beat was so dope when it dropped and, and flow was so on point and, and the way he was, he was calling out Jay and, and just saying, you know, Jay ain't even the best spitter in his group talking, you know, referencing to beans and shit like that. Like, you know, damn, take me back to them days, yo. Cause that to me was, was epic. Yeah. Nah, no question. I
0: mean, like I said, I don't, I don't feel the same anticipation, for Mickey, that I was the same way I felt for Nas. Like I told you, like when I heard Blueprint, and then and i knew, and I heard him this Nas, I knew that Nas was gonna come back with some shit. Like I knew it. Yeah. Like it wasn't even a doubt, cause Nas is just one of the greatest. You know, Jay's one of the greatest. You know, but like you said, it was like Mike, it was like Mike Tyson against Muhammad Ali in their prime. Mm-hmm. You know? It's, just, it's that- hard. And like, um, like I always envisioned, like. When when dudes start to talk about, for example, I grew up in the era of listening to Boogie Down Productions, this Queens, you know what I'm saying? And Queens keeps on faking it. And I'm from Queens, and we used to we used to rumble. When that bar came on, I remember as a young man, we used to rumble, we used to tear spots up just because we wasn't trying to have it. That rep wasn't really for us, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I always said, like, yo, it's easy to say that because he was fucking battling MC Shan who was one of the wackest ever but at the same time kooji rap was not too far away and nobody was saying shit to him you know what i'm saying yeah cuz wouldn't the fuck with kooji rap yeah. couldn't that's a fact you know what i'm saying and like um i remember Big Daddy Kane and kooji rap having little subliminal beefs and the juice crew it was cool it was cool it was like um I wish Eminem would have had like somebody that would have been able to fuck with him, except you know, other than the niggas he punished, because Eminem was just you know another one of the greatest.
1: Well, I, I look at Eminem as one of the greatest, you know, and people, you know, when I say my top five, I always put M in there because I think M was was a personality in, in itself for the, the dude do mm-hmm. have bars for days, and mm-hmm. I was I was, you know when when M started throwing jabs at. Uh, at cannabis, you know, I was, I was, I was hoping that that would turn into something because I always thought cannabis was super slept on. That eventually turned into nothing, and then yeah. you know, Benzino embarrassed the shit out of Boston with with his attempt to fucking dethrone Eminem and the way he used the Source magazine to to go at Eminem and all that. It was fucking embarrassing, and Eminem, you know, just obliterated him on on like three joints. You know what I mean, like. um... I don't know what the fuck Benzino was thinking going at him. You know that was a, a more of a media ploy than anything, and that was a failed media ben, you know, attempt. He did
0: so much for Boston hip hop. He could have did so much for Boston hip hop, yeah. and he just like fucked it all
1: up. Yeah, and Benzino was, you know the, the head of of you know what people what some people consider the hip hop bible. You know what I mean? How 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 much did did Benzino put on for Boston? How many artists from Boston has Benzino put on? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's just, you know, ben, Benzino used a source to give his own album a five mic classic. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just fucking, <laughs> It shit bothers me to this day, man. You know what I mean? And and, and now he's a loving hip hop cat. You know, it's like, put the fuck out of here, man. It's, uh, yeah. it bugs me to this day. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, you know, you know Boston got talent. You know what I'm saying, Hell yeah. and and Hell yeah. and Boston got talent, and but Boston also had people in powerful positions. You know what I'm saying, and and New Edition is getting love right now because of the BET movie, and New Edition is finally getting recognized yeah. as pioneers in the R&B game and how they brought boys to men and and all that shit. You know what I mean? I mean, I
0: knew it was pioneers. I didn't have to watch
1: that BET. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, a lot of a, a lot of people, you know, still, you know. Had to watch the movie to to realize how how big in the R and B game they was, you know what I'm saying? But, um, you know, for for Benzino to be the head of the Source magazine, you know, powerful, influential person in you know, you know, uh, working out of New York City, and not and and not put on one artist from Boston, it's criminal, it's criminal. Nah, yeah, but right,
0: right. I mean, we felt like that, like a lot of like like a lot of Latin artists. Um, felt that way about Fat Joe in mm-hmm. a sense you know like um, after Pump passed away you know like there was no real Latin artist that was really not not even like not trying to fill that void because to fill that void would be impossible but at least to put on you know what I'm saying like he just moved to Miami and motherfucking put on Khaled <laughs> you know oh, what yeah. I'm saying see what that became but I don't blame Joe Joe did with, you know, Joe did his business moves, and that's why Joe's a millionaire. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. Joe's loved in the street community. Joe got a love and respect. You know, I was locked up with niggas that, you know what I'm saying, like got mad love and respect for Joe because Joe takes care of niggas. So I look at Joe in a different light as well. Like, see, there's certain MCs that I know not just for their music, but I know them for the street cred and for the what they do on the street. Yeah. And I have a different level of respect for dudes that have a have a legit street, you know what I'm saying, credibility in a sense. Because I come from that type of background. I'm not just one of these rappers that just rap and just went to college. And I don't take nothing away from dudes, you know what I'm saying, like J. Coles and, and them type of dudes or whatever. But I have a different level of respect for dudes that came from nothing
2: yeah.
0: that actually left the street to get to music because they were either going to get killed or go to prison. And, you know, I have a different level of respect for dudes like that. Like Boston, Boston got talent, you know, not, not just my man, Primo Profit, Money Mob, Lou Armstrong. He's like one of the, you know, he's a beast. He's one of the most influential dudes. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he puts on for the city a lot.
1: Yeah, I mean, Lou's the mayor, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like you know, and I'm not just saying that because he was a guest on the podcast, you know what I mean? Lou, you know, Lou was really out here, you know, after the Source Trucks was out here with, you know, Hitmaker Vans and, and you know, Lou put on, you know, Lou just dropped a tape with nothing, just Boston Rappers. You know what I'm saying? Like, Lou is really about about bringing the culture up, you know, and and, bring, and putting Boston in a positive light. You know, for Lou to be mingling with artists and having all these artists, you know, drop joints on his records and shit like that. You know what I mean? Just shows kinda the level of respect they have for him, you know what I'm saying? And and I I know, you know, a lot of things that Lou's done for artists out here, you know what I'm saying, that, that he don't he don't put out there, you know what I'm saying? And and Lou's a, a very a very good per- person for the city, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. and Boston got a lot of talent, you know. And I and I'm biased too, cause the money miles are my people. But you know, you can't deny Primo's talent. You can't deny niggas like my boy OTO Millie's right now is is, is blowing up o. O. And,
2: yeah. and and he's
1: making noise. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm 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 really 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 hoping for the day where you know we have an artist on the Breakfast Club, and we have an artist getting national attention. You know what I'm saying? and Millie's right now was was at at the BET Cyphers. You know how, how 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 much bigger can we get, you know what I'm saying? Like let's let's double that. Let's go, you know what I mean? And and that's why, you know, you know, when it still hurts me, you know what I'm saying, when when you know, you have someone like Benzino in a position that he was in to be able to give niggas that publication and 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 to to really give artists that platform and you know, I want to fucking waste, you know what I'm saying? So you know, it is what it is. You know, we just gotta, we just gotta make the right moves now to, to kind of put on for these people. You know.
0: Well, they got a good wave. Like I said, you know what I'm saying. Oto money, Mob, Lou. Lou's doing the right thing. Lou's definitely gonna put on. You know what I'm saying for the city, and he's gonna definitely shine the light on the right dudes. And like I said, like you said, lose the mayor. You know, everybody that come through Boston that's big gotta go through Lou. Yep.
1: There yeah. ain't no
0: question. You yep. know what I'm saying. Like I know, like you know. If, if you're a big artist, Lou's involved somewhere.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I'm saying? So um, Lou gonna do the right thing. You know what I'm saying? Lou, Lou ain't got the... You know, Lou, Benzino is just... You know, he was just the wrong person to give that position to. You know, he inherited that position or he power moved himself into that position, but he didn't really do right for, he didn't really do right for the being. But you know what I mean? Like, like I said, the money, the mob is going to do right for the being. O.T.O., and there's a whole bunch of other artists that I don't know that I've heard through Primo that's nasty from the Bean," you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, all the artists that, um, all the artists that Lou put on his mixtape, which I'm gonna download in a few. I'm gonna look for that shit. You know what I'm saying? But I definitely got love for the Bean. I ain't one of these, you know, New Yorkers that's hit, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like there's like this little New York, Boston sports rivalry that carries over shit, shit. I love, I love the Bean. Every time I go out there I have a good time. And when my niggas come out here, I show them a good time. Shout out,
1: shout out to, to to my nigga the Loopy Blogger, who I had to I had to hit him on his DMs on Twitter and be like, "Yo, what's up with this fuck Boston shit you was talking about?" He was like, "Yo, man, I love I love Boston, man. It's just I, I fucking hate the teams, dog." <laughs> you know what
0: I'm saying. I mean and- I don't know why he must be a Jet fan. I'm like, his Giant fans don't hate fucking the Patriots, but well, we ain't got no reason to hate the Patriots. You know what I'm saying? yankee i'm not a yankee fan i'm a met fan so you know what i'm saying i ain't got no reason to hate the fucking the rest out.
2: yeah
0: like i said it's a sports rivalry that shouldn't carry over but to that you know what i'm saying like yeah. you know how many dudes yo you come out here you know how many dudes wearing boston hats out here yeah. <laughs> yo you go to washington heights you know how many dominicans rocking boston hats yo my g, it's ridiculous and then out there you know what I'm saying? You catch a dude wearing a Yankee hat, and he might just get bodies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that shit, yo, that shit's overrated, man. People, people, you know, swear that that you rock a New York hat in Boston, and you're gonna lose your life, man. Like yo, I seen a
0: meme. My, did you see that meme that dudes put out last year? Dudes rocking a Yankee hat, and niggas niggas set up, robbed them, and left them naked. Niggas <laughs> <laughs> nah.
1: taking that shit way too serious, man. But
0: yeah, nah, man. And that shit ain't got nothing to do. With, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, like. I love Boston. I go to Boston I have a good time. You know what I'm saying? I'll be hanging out in the shop to East Boston. That's mainly where I'll be at. Cause, you know what I'm saying? That's where all my Columbia peoples be at. You yeah. what I'm saying? Um, I've been to South though. You know what I'm saying? I've been to, you know... I haven't been to... Uh, I haven't been to the berry, which you know what I'm saying. I would like to go one day to the berry to go check that out.
1: Yeah, man. <laughs> next, next time you come out here, we'll, next time you come out here, we'll hit up OTO. We'll take a Puerto Rican spot in the south end, right near the berry and shit. You know what I'm saying. We'll we'll make sure we get you fed.
0: Definitely. Shouts to OTO. Hold up, man. That's another good brother. He's been in my crib. He's recorded in my house.
1: So speaking of the recordings,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um. You ended up getting a feature on Joel Joel Ortiz's um, Bodega Chronicles and shit, yeah.
0: and that
1: was at the time where fucking Joel Ortiz had had you know the the Dre label behind them, the Dre hype. You know what I'm saying? How, what did that fuel you to then um, be able to to turn that into into the deal with with you know to legendary RZA?
0: Um. The, all right, so the Joel Ortiz
1: who I love yeah. Joey though I love Joel oh, Joey,
0: I just, I, Joey I, was dope I, I don't know what the fuck happened I don't know where he am now but he's beast he's uh, he's alright let's just say this I'll say this like he he's up there with punt you know what I'm saying like hmm. he's classic but just life man just like for a hip hop artist and you Latino is super tough it's tougher than it's easier if you white. I mean, mm-hmm. I hate to say it, you know what I'm saying. Like, it's easier if you white. You black. You Latino is like you got a harder mountain to climb for some reason. It's like you in between. You know, you are not black. You are not white. You know what I'm saying? Hip hop is predominantly black, but it's predominantly run by whites. Mm-hmm. Or you know, and, and you Spanish. You know what I'm saying? And you nice. So then you hate it on. You know, like you. You know when you nice like that, dudes. Tend to not want to fuck with you. You know what I'm saying? Like Dre Shelved him. I don't know why. You know what I'm saying? Dre Shelved him. Yeah. But I'm Dre Shelved a lot of dudes. You know hey, what I'm geez. saying? A lot of dudes were shelved until Dre put out that last project, that Compton project.
1: Dre Dre shelved Busta. Dre shelved Rock him. I mean, I don't know why Dre even was signing artists. To be honest with you,
0: I think he was just giving dudes money. To be honest with you, yeah. I wish he would me money. I would have took the shelf and Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> I would have just made tons of mixtapes. You know what I'm saying? I already took that million dollars and ran with it. You know what I mean? Made my own motherfucking empire. But um but dudes wanna get their music out. And um, so all right, so the Joel Ortiz, back to the 125 grams. Um so Joel's manager at the time was my manager when I got locked up. Okay. Ah, there's the connection. So Mike Heron who used to manage Joel Ortiz came to me when I first came home and was like, yo, you know, I want you to jump on his record with Joel Ortiz. He's an up-and-coming dude. He's nice. I hadn't even heard of him. And then I heard some shit, and I was like, wow, dope. You know what I'm saying? So it was me, Joel. Razz was a fucking legend. um, This dude from Queens, what's his name? Uh... Damn, I, I don't like disrespecting dudes because you know what I'm saying. dudes right here, podcast feel a certain way. From my brother from Queens, um, Preems artist, one of Preems artists. It,
1: um, is it Royce? Graph. Graph. Okay, okay, okay.
0: And then, um, then you had this other kid from Brooklyn who was nice too. Who stopped? Who stopped spitting because he had a kid. Um. I forget. But everybody was nice on that record. Like, I'm not going to lie. You know what I'm saying? Like, even I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I went toe-to-toe with everybody on that record. Everybody everybody, everybody got in their bag on that record.
2: Yeah.
0: And um, he ended up spitting 16 for Masha, too, for um, Hustler's Prayer. Okay. Which was another project that I put out. That project was the project that caught Ray Rock, Ray Acosta's ear. Who's Ray Acosta? Ray Rock. Ray Rock is one of the RZA's A and R's for the Wu Music Group. Yeah. So there used to be a label called Wu Latino, which was when reggaeton was starting to blow up. The RZA said, "Yo, we got to jump on his way, which wasn't a bad idea at all. Yeah. At the time, you know, Daddy Yankee, Don Omar, and all these other dudes wasn't really big on it. But the boy, the dude Boy Wonder, he was putting all these dudes together. He was doing what Ray Rock was trying to do.
2: Yeah.
0: Ray Rock got all the whack artists. Mm. And Boy Wonder got all the good artists. Okay. So, Wu Latino turned into a joke, kind of. Yeah. You no know, disrespect to the artists that were signed to it. That shit didn't do nothing but flop. It was a waste of money. So that label, the imprint was still alive, but there was nothing happening with it. They were just collecting royalties off of artists that weren't really selling records. Then somebody brought Hustler's Prayer to Ray Rock's attention. And um, Ray Rock called me to Jersey at a little office there. And they were like, yo, you want to sign a deal? It's going to be a 360. What's a 360 deal? No money up front. Get paid at the end. They're going to pay for a couple videos. Bullshit deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever. You know, we worked, some, we worked out some perks in there. We're all supposed to get more points or whatever. But, you know, to this day, I haven't seen a royalty check. And that shit. Mm. Expect to see one. No time. But I don't care. You know, at this point, I'm not better no more. I used to be better about that shit. But then I thought about it like, damn, crazy? I was part of the fucking woo for a second. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I could say that I was part of that movement.
1: You got an animated video, bro.
0: And I got an animated video. So <laughs> shit all over it. I had the RZA co-sign me. I got to chill, play chess with the RZA. I got to chill with the JZA. I got to fucking smoke lunch with Raekwon. Yeah. You know, and like, nah, I was at the Wu Mansion with the thirty-six chamber studio. I got the, you know, me and Fuquan became good friends. Remember Fuquan from the Grave Diggers?
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, me and him became good friends. I mean, I haven't spoke to him in a minute. My man, um, damn, my, my little homie, man, damn. Shout out to my homie, damn, forget his name.
1: Yeah, shout I'm out, like, shout out to Cole Red who got two joints on the Meth Lab Meth Last album.
0: Cold, my nigga, my little
1: man, Cold Red. Shout out to Cold Red, my Colomb- my other Colombian cousin, though.
0: Yeah, I love that little dude, man. He's out here. I, thought, I don't know if he's a Boston or not out here. I know he was going to school out here. But, Cold,
1: uh, Cold Red is living life, man. That's what he's doing. He's everywhere. He's living life. Living life. I
0: like him. Yeah, Cold is a talented brother, man. He, and, um, shout out to Teo Beats.
1: <sighs> Tao. Tao, that's the homie, man.
0: You know, shout out to Tail Beats, he got Primo, you know what I'm saying? Shouts to my man Hip. You know, shouts to a lot of dudes, man. That I don't want to mention names and shit, but you know, shouts to the whole mom. No. Yeah. You know, whatever it has been love since day one. Um but the Joel shit, Joel shit was cool. It opened a lot of it it opened some doors for me. You know, it got me noticed a little more. But again, the time that I had lost to, to rebuild from scratch again, but now in my early 30s, was, it was going to be a tough ride. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's not the same as when you're 23 years old and doors are opening in your face and you're young, you're fresh. To come home after a bid, you got to reacclimate yourself with society. You know, you're not really coming home to like a, a bag because, you know, you, you already ran through your bag. You know yeah. right? From scratch, but now you're not coming home to trap no more because you already got you already got stung by the wasp already.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You don't want to get stung again. You feel me? No. Some dudes home, oh, they come home to the same shit. They trap and they go back in for another ten years. I can't afford to do another ten years.
2: Yeah. You know,
0: I'm saying like I couldn't afford at that time to do another ten years. So since 2004 to 2017, it's been 13 years since I've been in the street. Three without, I mean, whatever. Little bullshit cases in there. Little bullshit DUI. Just bought bullshit DUI. I don't even want to talk about that shit. Mm-hmm. These New York presidents mouth shit out here is retarded, man. But um, you know, pretty much staying away from shit, sacrificing again, sacrificing how Now instead of me sacrificing my freedom for having shit. Now I'm sacrificing having shit for my freedom.
2: Yeah.
0: I don't understand the analogy. Like, now I got to watch niggas have shit that I used to have, brag. Like I used to brag and not have shit yeah. like I used to have it. But now I have my freedom, my peace of mind. I don't got to look over my shoulder no more. I don't got to worry about beds creeping up on the door or niggas creeping up on my door thinking I got work. Yeah. I don't got to worry about that no more. You know, not having to worry about that in itself is a freedom that people don't understand. No. Waking up every day thinking it's going to be your last sucks. Yeah. Or waking up every day looking outside your window and seeing bars and fences sucks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm at a point in my life where, like, I'm calm, at peace with myself, making music. I can talk about whatever I want because I've been through most shit that I talk about anyway.
2: Yeah.
0: But I'm saying like, I could talk about slinging birds even if I don't sling birds anymore because I slung them shits already.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, I could talk about having menages with bitches. I could talk about carrying all types of caliber guns. You know, it don't mean that I'm doing it now, but I've done it already.
2: Yeah.
0: Like the little span of, little span of trap that I did, I did so much and I accomplished so much that you know, like I could die tomorrow and there's not too many things that I didn't do, you know, mm. like may I have not traveled to Hawaii or I may have not went to Vegas, but shit you know I did I, I went to Columbia Medellin, and Medellin per capita has some of the finest women in the world, yeah, so you know, I ate lovely, you know, yeah, like I said, you know there's shit that again that counterfacts kind of that shit I have to see. You know what? What's the counterbalance to that? Seeing your mom's locked up,
2: yeah. Seeing
0: your family destroyed. Seeing your career destroyed. And you know, it doesn't measure out. It doesn't pan out. I'm not gonna tell the nigga don't trap, because that would be hypocritical. Nigga. Do what you do to get your money, but understand that when shit hits the fam, my nigga, you gotta eat that.
1: Well, it's gotta... it's like, like um you know one of my uh one of my homies passed away a few years ago and um you know it it came to a big shock to a lot of people to me it wasn't a shock man cuz the dude was messing with dope you know what i'm saying i always tell i always tell everybody you know some as soon as somebody starts messing with dope 90% chance that they're going to die <laughs> you know what i'm saying and and um, it's the same thing with the street, you know what I mean? There's, like, there's two things that the street can guarantee. is jail and death, you know what I'm saying? So um, it can't be one foot in, one foot out, because those one foot in, one foot out dudes are the dudes that do rat. Those are the dudes that do, um uh, that they are afraid to do their bid. Those are the dudes that that look to, to cop pleas and to, to do as little time as possible, you know what I'm saying? Um it's It's the stand-up dudes that really don't get the love that that they that they deserve, given that they are fully accepting the consequences that come with the lifestyle that they chose. you know what I'm saying?
0: You're right, 100 percent. I was just having this conversation um, if you listen um, you get a chance, look up my song. you know my song yeah look up his one of his latest verses on Flex okay and um he pretty much embodies, my son is one of the illest too, I'm not going to front. my son is a very slept on rapper mm-hmm. he's really dope and he's, and he's a street dude, you know what I'm saying, he's a stand up dude um, but he pretty much he says it like there was a time when gangsters never took pictures, gangsters never did Instagram videos they never was about showing off what they had you know what I'm saying, niggas knew in silence mm-hmm. you know, niggas was behind the scene. You know, um, now it's like dudes is on Instagram with guns, mounds of money. I've seen dudes with fucking coke all over the place. You know what I'm saying? Bags of dope. Like, I'm like, yo, my G, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's wrong with you? You know yeah. what I'm saying? What the yeah. fuck is happening? Like, dudes, rats. Like, you know, my son said it, like, how the fuck is y'all going to motherfucking glorify Alpo when he comes home? The same nigga that killed Rich. The same nigga that ratted on, on his man, Wayne Perry. How the fuck y'all going by? How you going to embrace that nigga?
2: Yeah.
0: You know what I'm saying? Like that shit, that shit destroys New York's credibility. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that shit, you can't do that. You somebody, you know, like. I'm not going to sit here and say somebody should have done something to him because I don't want that shit to come back to me even though I ain't scared. But my whole thing is, you know, nah, man, you can't be embracing rats. You know what I'm saying? You can't be embracing rats. Like, that'd be like, you know, like somebody embracing, you know, like, like I don't, you know, I've seen, I don't know too much about, you know, Whitey Bulger, you know, but you know what I mean? Like from what I can tell, I don't know if he was a rat or not. You I
1: mean, the the backstory on Whitey was, um, you know, Whitey, you know, uh, got connected to to the feds, and through the feds, uh, pretty much had a had a a bill to do whatever he wanted, as long as he fed them an info. You know what I'm saying?
0: And but I heard the info was fake. You know what I'm saying? Like I heard the info was info that was written, that was other rat in other words he wasn't ratting on nobody. I heard that it was just cops taking other rats testimonies and saying there was whitey shit.
1: I mean that that's what, that's that's what that's what the movie says, you know what I'm saying? But um it, but but he 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 definitely he was given info. You know what I'm saying? Like um you know that the, he wasn't giving much, you know what I mean? But that last that last raid that you know when they took all the Whitey people in. You know those are all people that that Whitey gave up and and went on his run. You know what I'm saying. So, um, you know people glorify Whitey. They glorify Frank Lucas. You know what I'm saying. But these are all people that turn around and 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 copped and 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 gave up names. You know what I'm saying. Even 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 Whitey's biggest lieutenant. Whitey's biggest lieutenant, Kevin Weeks. They call him two weeks, Kevin, cause after two weeks, dude was, dude, was, was uh, turn around and, and uh, you know, started giving them names and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? So, um, it's, um, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. You know what I mean? But <clears throat> that's what the street brings, man. You know, one foot in, one foot out. Those are people that, 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 that good Boston George. Boston
0: George took it
1: on the chin. Yeah, yeah. You want to talk about real stand up dude from the beam, man? Boston George don't get enough love.
0: Right, you know what I'm saying? Like you should. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I respect them, man. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I was the dudes that took it on the chin, that they lost their lives. You know what I'm saying? They sacrificed. And that's the key word, you sacrifice. Because this lifestyle that you live is plush and it's dope and you're comfortable. You got a crib, you're driving a dope whip, you got bread in your pocket, you know. But as soon as they take all that shit away, you gotta eat it. You got nothing.
2: Yeah.
0: You gotta eat dirt. You gotta you gotta you gotta get back on your feet somehow. Yeah. But these dudes, you know what I'm saying? You take away a family member, you take away a girl, you take away a baby, and they fold it on everything. They fold them like lawn chair. hmm And that's the you know what I'm saying? That's where that's where the difference is. That's you ask me how I got so much love, that's where the love came from. Because, like like a lot of dudes said, nah, you crazy, I could never see my moms locked up. A lot of dudes can't even imagine that. Especially if they love their mother the way I love my mother. Like, nobody could ever question my mother's, the love I had for my mother and the love she had for me. But it was just something that we weren't built to do. You know, we weren't built to be rats. We weren't built to fold. We weren't built to surrender. You know what I'm saying? We were built to
1: take it on the chin and keep it moving forward. Now, Gab, I know you said earlier in the podcast that um, at this point in your career, you're doing the love for the music. I mean, you're doing the music for the love. I'm sorry. Um, mm-hmm. What's what's next for Gab? Is it going to be strictly, um, you know, just putting out projects at, at your convenience for your fan base? Or um, are, is there still... Is there still that uh that dream for that for that one last run?
0: nah, believe it or not, the music is actually the music is actually becoming that exactly what I just said. It's a hobby, it's at my convenience, but now what I'm starting to get focused into is visual,
2: okay
0: I'm starting to watch screenplays. I got a screenplay that I'm writing right now. My brother's really adept to the camera work. And um, believe it or not, 2017, you might see the Velasquez brothers pull out a couple of short movies. Um, get into filmmaking. You know, I don't know if you noticed, but movie industry's changing rapidly. Um, with the advent of Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu, the movie industry eventually is going to become obsolete. And I'm going to tell you why. Martin Scorsese is finishing a movie called The Irishman that starts Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci. Just them two alone is going to draw the box off. Yeah. And he's going to sell it to Netflix.
1: Crazy.
0: That move right there can change the game.
1: Well, I mean... It- it's like movies is going to movie theaters is going to be the next blockbuster that's why that's why they're, they're that's why they're turning them into into restaurants and into into destinations you know what i'm saying if you go to Sad. a if you go to a showcase now the, the, the movie is the the last priority it's the food it's the drinks it's the bars, it's the atmospheres, it's the lounging, that, that's what you know, that's why they're making recliners and all that shit now. Me personally, fuck that, man. I'll stay at home, I'll drink my corona, and I fucking sit in front of my Netflix, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. and and you know, you just said Martin Scorsese is selling a film to Netflix, but how many how many shows go exclusively to Netflix? You know Netflix. what I'm saying? Look 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 at Bill Burr. Bill Burr, you know, has specials only that air on Netflix, you know what I'm saying? So I, I agree with you 100%. 100% within the next 10 years, man, I think these these movies, these movie theaters are going to be parking lots.
0: And the thing is that it's giving independent filmmakers a greater scope and a greater chance. You come up with a good idea and you got a good, you know, you got a good vision. You you can get money. Yeah. You know, so every venture that, you know, starts every dream, every man's dream should be to do what he loves to do, to do something that he would love to do for free but get paid for. Yeah. That's the secret of life. To do something that you love to do but get paid for. David Ortiz, Big Pop. A
1: large father.
0: You see how much you love to play the game? I guarantee you David Ortiz would play the game for free.
2: Yep.
0: But he became a millionaire because of his love, his passion. You understand? That's the dream. To be able to do what you love to do and get paid for. I love music. I love entertainment. So my dream isn't dying just because I don't care, because I don't see myself making money off of rap no more. It's just shifting.
1: Evolving, yeah. Okay.
0: It's just evolving. Now I'm looking at, damn, let's do this movie. or I want to write a plot about this. I have stories, my G. You already know. I have tons of stories just yeah. off a of personal experience. You know what I'm saying? Um, like, I have an idea. I'm not even going to say it out here. But obviously, it's a podcast. Yeah,
2: don't say
0: it. I've already had shit happen to me. Let's just say this. You see 50's power? Yeah. I wrote some shit like that in prison. Oh, wow. Same exact shit. You know what I'm saying? A dude, the drug dealer, the lawyer girl. I wrote some shit like that in prison and somehow that shit ended up in fucking... But I'm not saying that that's exactly what happened. But, you know, I see it like this. Great minds think alike. Yeah. And when you see shit like that happening, that means that your mind is in the right place and you're thinking the right way. So, wow. Uh, I mean, you know, it's shifting. I'm looking at it for more... Like, i leave the... Like I'd rather push I rather push Primo, OTO, you know what I'm saying? Like my homies out here, Corona, my man DNA. You know what I'm saying? All my homies out here in the hood. Um, right now I look out for a joint called Corona United, which showcases like 40 MCs from my hood that are nice. Corona's always been a bed. Corona Queens has always been the bed for lyricism. Starting with G-Rap, you know what I'm saying? Juju, myself, Creature. Then, you know what I'm saying? You got my man off the mental. You got um, Willie Stubbs. You got a whole bunch of artists out here, my brother, that if you tap into, like, the whole um, Crown City, you know, Crown City movement, Crown City records, man through, like, I could shout out MCs for days. You know what I'm saying? Like, my herd that I consider my that I consider nasty. ENA is one of the best battle rappers on the planet.
2: Yeah.
0: You know what I'm saying? Um. And, like, you know... But I leave the rapping to them, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's my time to step back. I still put out music because I like to. You know, I like to make music. That's just, like, my way of expressing myself. It's like my outlet. And I like good music. And I like the music I make. You know, one thing is to make music that you think people are going to like. I don't do that. I make music that I like. Yeah. If you like it, fine. If you don't like it, fine. It didn't cost you a dime, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, it's not gonna cost you a dollar unless you want to buy it. So, it's for the love, my brother. It's really for the love. And um, but again, sometimes stuff—it's the way the industry works. It's the shit that you put out there that you don't really believe is gonna do something that does something. Yeah. You never know. One day I put out a record, and all of a sudden I get an email: "Yo, you want to jump on this tour? You want to leave that nine to five? Of course. You know, music is my passion." you know what I'm saying, touring the whole road life, that's my passion. Entertainment is my passion. But, you know, the first thing that comes to the money, the, the first thing that comes on the table is the money. You know, if there's no money involved, you know, it's got to feed it's gotta feed me and my brother. I and mean, the only thing that feeds me and my brother right now is working, you know what I'm saying, grinding on the nine to five, you know, doing whatever we have to do. But um, it's still the same principle without the hustle. Rap was secondary. Money was necessary. Well,
1: Gab, you know, uh, you know I want to thank you again for, for coming on the podcast, man. You know, you really um, you broke down your story. You broke down your trials, your tribulations. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I know the fans are going to appreciate hearing your story. Um, for those fans that don't already have your contact information, let them know how they can get in touch with you.
0: Alright, um, so my Instagram is Gotcha G-A-B-G-O-T-C-H-A. My Twitter is Gotcha G-A-B-G-O-T-C-H-A. My Facebook is Gabriel Velasquez, because Facebook made me put up my government. <laughs> yeah, for real. They, they finally got, they tried to get me to shoot it down a couple of years ago, and I didn't, but the other day they pretty much put my back against the wall. If you don't take off, you don't change your name, we gonna shut you down. So um, Gabriel velasquez and Facebook um, email chief at outlook.com I mean if you got ideas you know if you got beats if you want to do collab you know what I'm saying we could talk numbers you know I don't really do shit for free because obviously you know um, studio time and you know all that other shit. But if you're interested in the gap feature, I'm always open for negotiations. You know what I'm saying? Um And yeah, man. Thank you, Elliot. You know what I'm saying? Thank you for putting me on this podcast. I know that, you know, you're a real good brother from what I understand. Um talking appreciate to the... you, you're definitely you're definitely somebody that I definitely want to go check when I go hit the beam. You know what I'm saying? So we'll definitely build when I get out there for sure.
1: Uh for sure, man. Yeah, I appreciate the 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 kind words, man. I appreciate um the time you took uh for everybody that listens to the EFB podcast, man, we're going to show y'all check out Gab Gotcha. Go check out his SoundCloud, just google him man and uh you know the videos will come up. YouTube that <laughs> man, you know all the all the shit from the 80s and 90s. Um
0: I have a, I have a YouTube channel called Everything Gab Gotcha. Um you can just throw me on YouTube Gab Gotcha, tons of videos will come up. Um I got a biography in Spanish in case you're Spanish speaking and you want to Learn about my biography. It's funny because I don't have one in English, which is retarded. Don't ask me why. Yeah, man. Just um, check out the music. I have tons of music on SoundCloud. Right now on YouTube, my actual latest project, The Opus, is available. Um, The Opus Decade, which is the last project I put out. I put it out last month. I think it was last March. And I'm working on something new now, actually. I call it The Game of Drone. Um, something politically charged, obviously, because of all the contemptuous times we're living in with this fucking town of president. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, like I said, it's definitely, I like to talk to the people about how I feel. And I do it through music. And um, if you're a producer, you want to send me beats, like I said, my email is Chief General. At um, Outlook.com. All because I just heard like a funny sound. I don't know what that was. But I want to appreciate you, man, for putting me out here, man, and giving me the opportunity to say my story. And shout out to Boston. Miss y'all. Miss all my Boston people. You know what I'm saying? North, south, east, west. You know the women in Boston are beautiful.
1: (laughs) They are, man.
0: They are. They are. They're breathtaking. So, um, can't wait to see y'all, man. And um, everybody have a good night.
1: Have a good weekend. And anticipate a nice comeback from Nikki Minaj. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm anticipating that Nicky that response. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, Gab, again, thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out to Primo and the Money Mob, who was pretty uh, pretty much the glue guy behind this. You know what I'm saying? So, shout out to the mm-hmm. whole Money Mob. Those are my peoples um they they don't, I don't even got to shout them out man you know I'll I'll text them right now and tell them how much I appreciate them so um uh, for everybody that wants to um get at me I gave you my contact info on the, at the beginning but uh, the EFB podcast on Instagram and Twitter Elliot boston or the EFB podcast on Facebook um Elliot from BOS on Snapchat or just hit me up on my on my website www.elliotfromboston.com an update to the website is coming soon uh check out the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh make sure y'all share this. Um let you know share Gab so everybody get into it way much. I from Boston, the
0: EP podcast we out. Fam, we famous going in for the fuck with it cuz we cover it triple at works double at least. Charlie Sheen this machine don't stop. Say a prayer for these killers trying to rise to the top. It's
2: high.
1: Mis pecados, traves mi no It's getting
0: hectic in the streets though, fiends coming short the these trying creep slow.